There are three games on the Florida Gators schedule for the 2023 season that I'm willing to classify and qualify as must-win games. But what are they? We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, and NFL 33. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And like I mentioned, there are three games I'm willing to say are must win for the Florida Gators in 2023. Keep in mind, that does not mean must win. does not mean if Florida loses these games, fire Billy Napier. That's not what must win means. Here we're talking about a must win game where if you lose these games, it's really hard to say this was a fully successful season. Like, let, let's say you win most of the games outside of these. It's hard to say it's a fully successful season if you lose these three games. And no, I'm not just going Georgia, because that one, realistically, probably not going to be a win. But I will say I'm starting with Utah. I, I'm starting with the first game of the season. Because, first of all, I mean, this schedule this year sucks. Like, let's just put it out there. This schedule is a pretty tough schedule in 2023. So the team, while the roster has improved from 2022 for the Florida Gators, record might be the same or slightly worse because the schedule is intense. Last year's schedule was pretty bad too. This year's bad also. At least for the Utah game, Cam Rising, I don't expect him to play, just given that he had ACL surgery uh, in January. So... I'm not expecting him to play, meaning that the offense should be significantly less efficient and effective. And it also means that if he does play, he is not going to be 100%. Last year, and this is kind of one of, one of the bigger reasons that I think this game is justifiably classified as a must-win game, is that last year, Florida played six games that weren't at the Swamp whether they were road games or neutral site, because there were two neutral site games, of course, being uh, Florida versus Georgia and the bowl game, the Las Vegas Bowl against Oregon State. So Florida had six games that were away from the swamp. They lost five of them. One in five was your record, and your only win was Texas A&M on the road, which that game was, I mean, Texas A&M had a completely depleted roster, and for the first half, very close game. And then Florida pulled away. But on the road, and again, by on the road right now, I don't mean away games. I mean non-home games. So that includes the Florida-Georgia game. On the road, you have to change how this team performs away from home. Because you can look at, I know this is going to be in Salt Lake City, so it's different. And Salt Lake City, sure, you've got a great atmosphere yourself. But... 
you've got to look at how this team performed on the road. Look at the Vanderbilt game last year. The Vanderbilt game, this team just came out completely flat. It And it, there's no other way to put it. Like, they played like crap for the huge majority of the game, and they just came out flat. There was no heat, no fire, no intensity from this team. And no, this isn't one of those instances where we go, oh, but it was way colder than they're used to playing in because it was in the 30s. I don't give a crap about that. I don't care about it being colder. It being colder should not mean that you can't play defense either. Passing game, sure. You get a little bit of, we'll say, wiggle room. You get a little bit of wiggle room because it was so cold. But you couldn't throw the ball successfully, consistently. Running the ball didn't even come easy in that game. And all-around defense was crappy. You need to make sure this team does not come out flat on the road, Billy. Because this team, away from home, came out flat multiple times. I mean, the bowl game is just, I, I know we like to chalk that one up as didn't have most of the, or didn't have a few key starters, didn't have your starting quarterback or your backup quarterback, whatever it is. Like, I, I don't care. Playing bad and coming out flat are two different things. I expected for Florida to lose against Oregon State. I expected Florida's offense to not be able to score against Oregon State. I did not expect this team to come out as flat as it did against Oregon State. Georgia, team was too inconsistent, too hot and cold while they were there. So again, that's another game where you came out super flat and that shot you in the foot. And it's not just came out flat. You came out flat and then you never really spiked up like you should have. So, Billy, this is your first road test of the year. You beat Utah last year. You beat a Utah team that was better last year than I think they're going to be this year. So, yeah, you come out there and you beat Utah week one. Like, that's that's why I'm saying I'm willing to classify it as a must-win game because you should win this game. You need to set the tone for the remainder of the season, show that you can beat these teams that are going to be highly ranked at the beginning of the season, and you need to figure out how to perform away from home. That's an important part. It's also very important, at least for me to mention this, that I think Austin Armstrong's defensive system and defensive aggressiveness specifically should make this team better equipped versus a team like Utah, versus a team like Georgia, versus a team like Kentucky. Teams that want to go condense sets and run the football, I think playing this aggressive set and this aggressive defense, it allows you to kind of mask it a little bit by the multiple tight end sets that you're going to see against Utah and Georgia specifically. Those multiple tight end sets, you get to kind of stuff the box, and people don't really know, oh, are they stuffing the box because they're blitzing, defending the run, trying to just match size with size with our tight ends, whatever they're doing. So you get that little freedom to do that. Uh, and so I think Austin Armstrong's aggressive defense should help, you know, run heavy offense. So you're sending six guys into the box. Great. Uh, a, a heavy offense in general, just in terms of personnel-wise, you get to match that with linebackers. Great. And so I think that's an important part for the Florida Gators' success this season against a team like Utah and against a team that I just mentioned, which is going to be the second most important win. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season has come and gone. Perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. 
New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. Just bet on everything from money line, point scorers, top point scorers, who's going to make the most threes. Trey Day was last week, and that was fun. And Mikhail Bridges, thank you so much. Once again, you're dope. Appreciate you. Don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And last segment, I mentioned this team as the second most important game or, or, or the second most must-win game on the schedule. Kentucky. I don't know about you, but ever since Kentucky started actually winning some of these games, I hate them a ton again now. So that's, so that's how I feel because it used to just be like, okay, little brother, like whatever. But now, not so much because Kentucky's winning some of these games. But I think that there's a few reasons the Kentucky game is a must-win game. First off, you, you can't lose to them another year in a row. Like, you need to break the cycle. Florida cannot be the university that goes on streaks and gives up streaks against Kentucky. That can't be what happens. Okay? Yes, they brought in uh, Leary from NC State. He's going to be their QB. He's better than Will Levis, in my opinion. That is not saying he's good. I think Will Levis is very bad. Um, that, that's where I stand on it. And look, I, I know that when I started in media five years ago, uh, almost six, I started as covering the NFL draft. And so I'm talking as an evaluation for Will Levis. He sucks. Okay. That's where I'm at. I wouldn't touch him if I'm a GM. I, I don't like him in college. And part of that is because I saw in the past two years, we've seen two of the worst Florida Gators defenses that I've seen in my lifetime. So I saw Will Levis suck against two of the worst Florida Gators defenses that I've ever seen in my lifetime. I've seen Will Levis have multiple games as a two-year starter where he's gone like 7 for 17 passing. Unacceptable. Anthony Richardson, also unacceptable when he has passing numbers like that. But guess what? It's one year. It's his first year as a starter, first year in this offense, first year with a new head coach, first year all that crap. Okay? Will Levis did it for two years. That's why I am so far out on Will Levis because I cannot believe people think he deserves to be a top 10 pick with how bad he is. That being said, with Leary at QB, I'm not high on Leary either, but they will be improved at quarterback. Leary's going to make less mistakes. He's also going to make less big boom plays. Like we saw last year was a, I think it was a 56-yard touchdown that Will Levis threw that was over Jalen Kimber, I believe. Um, so, so there was that one. But they've lost solid talent to the NFL and the transfer portal. And frankly, I don't think they added enough talent that's going to immediately step in and replace that. So yeah, you added Leary. You added, uh, I believe, one, maybe two running backs. But I don't think you added in enough talent to say this team's improved from last year. Like Florida lost a ton of depth, guys couple contributors 
and then replace them with players that we think either are better or have a higher ceiling or whatever it might be or are, are slightly worse with a great recruiting class. I don't think Kentucky did that. I So I think that their team next year is going to be, or their team this coming year is going to be worse than it was this past year. So I think for that one, you've got to consider that a must-win game. Can't continue to losing streak to Kentucky. Unacceptable. Another important thing, Florida last season finished fifth in the SEC East. They went three and five in the SEC. Okay? Three and five in the SEC. So they went fifth in the East. If they had beaten Kentucky, they finished third in the East. And I know third in the East isn't some awesome prize, but finishing third in the East feels a hell of a lot better than finishing fifth in the East. I don't know about you. That That's how I think of it, at least. Because the two teams that were directly above Florida, Kentucky had the same record as Florida, but of course, Kentucky beat Florida. So there you go, where Kentucky gets the tiebreaker over Florida there. Then the team directly above them, the team that did finish third in the SEC East, South Carolina, who finished four and four in the SEC. Florida beat South Carolina. So if you beat Kentucky, then you jump both Kentucky and South Carolina. It's also interesting to note that, you know, <laughs> if you don't lose to Vanderbilt, then you finish four and four and you also skip Kentucky and SC. But imagine if you had won the gimme game or what should have been the gimme game in Vanderbilt. And if you beat Kentucky, that's awesome, right? Like that that's a great or not great, but but five and three is a hell of a lot better than three and five, right? But for Kentucky specifically, you cannot continue this losing streak, especially when I believe that their team got worse or is going to be worse this year than it was last year. And that divisional standing, again, you know, it's not like, oh, you're third in the SEC East. Welcome to the college football playoff. Like, that's not how that works. But it's obviously significantly more impressive when you get to go, okay, like, like we finished third in the SEC East in Billy Napier's first year, which you don't get to say that now. Now you get to say we finished fifth in the SEC East. And I guess the upside is, you know, it's hard to get worse than that, right? But that, that's just meaning that just adds to Kentucky's value this year specifically. And again, this isn't me saying that it's a hot seat, but this is me saying that I think Kentucky is one of the most important games for Florida to win this season. Um, obviously, again, like I said, like Georgia's always up there, but realistically, I don't think you can call that game a must win when you're probably going to be two to three touchdown underdogs. I don't think you can call that one a must-win game. So there's that. But we've also got one more game to talk about. That game, Florida State is the last one. And I know Florida State is probably going to be a good team. They are. I don't think they're necessarily going to be a better team than they were this year. Okay? I think they're going to be a good team. I don't think they're going to be better than they were this year. I think what's happening with Florida State right now is what happens with a lot of teams where you have a surprisingly good year, not a good year, but a surprisingly good year because it was way better than the expectations. Um, so you have a surprisingly good year. Your starting quarterback is returning. Your, I believe, top, 
three weapons are returning. You had a couple of splash recruiting ads. Your transfer portal class wasn't horrible. You're bringing back your best defender in uh, Jared Verse, or you can say Jamie Robinson, who isn't going to the NFL draft, but you bring back one of your top two defenders, we'll say. And people are looking at that and saying, holy crap, this team's going to be like legit contenders. I'm not sold on that. I'm not. Uh, I think that they'll be relatively the same as they were this past season, if not maybe a little bit worse, uh, just because you know you, you showed your hand a little bit more last season, so maybe a little bit worse there. But I think Florida getting back in the win column here is important again. I think Florida with a worse team in 2022 did not lose against Florida State as bad as I thought it was going to be. If I'm not mistaken, my Florida State preview said this one might be a bit. This one might be a bad blowout um, or a double-digit loss. Whatever I said, um, and it wasn't, which is awesome. But get the rivalry back to where it belongs. Get Florida back in the win column there. With a worse team, you almost beat Florida State last season, and I, I don't think that they make this big significant climb. But this one is also a bigger win, not even just in terms of your actual win-loss record. Like, yeah, obviously win-loss record matters. But I think this one is a bigger win because Florida State was the best team in the state of Florida last season. They were the best football team in the state of Florida last season. I have no problem saying that because I think if you don't admit that, then you shouldn't have an opinion because you're clearly not being unbiased. So I think Florida State was the best football team in the state last season. Their recruiting class did not replicate that or, or did not indicate that, but they had a, a damn good year last season. So I think that beating Florida State is a bigger win in terms of just, just public perception and recruiting-wise to be able to say, hey, we, like we know or we're pretty confident Florida State's going to be better than Miami this year. So if Florida beats Florida State, you have to go, hey, we – are the best team in the state of Florida. UCF is going to be in the conversation, especially now being in the Big 12, because they're they're in a big boy conference now. But I think public perception-wise and recruiting win-wise, beating Florida State is that much more important. That's what it is. I'm not saying that, you know, obviously this isn't going to have an impact on their SEC standing. Will have an impact on their bowl game, win or lose. Because let's say that you've got, let, let's say you're five and six. Win this game and you get a bowl game, lose this game, you don't get a bowl game, which would suck. Let's say you're six and let's say you're six and five at the time. Win seven and five, better bowl game, lose six and six, worst bowl game. Simple as that. But I will also say this as far as this game goes. When I was in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, uh, late January, early February, because it was like that week that that changed. Uh, but when I was in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, I met Mike Norvell. I met Mike Norvell at the Senior Bowl at practice. I met him. I introduced myself to him. Uh, I told him that I'm very upset that he took Jared Verse because I wanted Jared Verse to be a Florida Gator. Very much open for the Albany product to come down to Gainesville. Um, but I told him two things. I said one, or actually, I, I told him three things. I said one, I was so down on you going into the year, so hell of a job because i was very i was pretty certain he was going to get fired so i said that i was i or i said i was wrong which is fair two 
I said I was upset that he took Jared Verse. And three, I said, you can keep being good. But one week per year, I need you to suck. That's all I said. And, and I need him to stick to that. I asked him for one thing. That was the one thing I asked him. So I need him to stick to that and, and lose. That, that's, that's all I'm saying with that. But thank you for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, or I believe tomorrow, we'll have John Garcia, Lockdown's Recruiting Insider, here for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country of SI.com, and NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow.